let's talk about it. Welcome back to Thick Radio, the podcast where we talk about gaining, feedism, and everything in their orbit. I'm James. And I'm Tim, so let's get into it. Today we're welcoming onto the show for the first time, we are welcoming Nat and Sammy from the Bondage Gaze podcast. Hello! How the fuck are yous? Hi. <laughs> Good cut. Got on. Uh, yeah, so by the way, this is Nat. And I'm Sammy. I'm the Aussie one, if you couldn't fucking tell. Yeah, uh, when we when we invited you guys on, I, I said this, there's a, a great parallel where there's a, a bogan Aussie and, you know, like a mild-mannered American. I think there's something very award-winning in that uh, combination. So if there are any other podcasters out there that follow a similar track, feel free to reach out to us at thethickradio at gmail.com because I think that's campus tits. I don't know how we went. Yeah, it is because it just made me think of, like, when you <laughs> the way you made the comparison, I'm like... Does that make the two of you like the Jimmy Olsons <laughs> and, and me and Nat are the Superman? <laughs> Who the fuck are you calling a sidekick? The fantasy <laughs> that Tim lives in where he's like, yeah, James is a sidekick, you're like, uh-huh, mm-hmm. Okay. We just remember, I, remember, I have the Lycra Superman shirt, so. <laughs> That's true. That is true. That is true. Okay. Uh- I mean, it's like I've always had an affection for Jimmy Olsen because he was always um, the damsel in distress to get tied up in a lot of episodes. So I mean, I'm kind of <laughs> fine. I'm, I'm kind of fine with Jimmy Olsen, but yeah. Well, there you go. We're, we're already bringing it round to bondage, which, uh, if the title didn't fucking give it away, the bondage gaze. That is, of course, the theme primarily of the bondage gaze podcast, which is what we're here to talk about today so listen let's get right on into it like for the two of you how do you define the concept of bondage just as like the thesis statement well i've got notes here i'm just going to put on my best monotone voice and read the first sentence from wikipedia bondage in the bdsm subculture is the practice of consensually tying binding or restraining a partner for erotic aesthetic or somatosensory stimulation. And you can fucking bet your ass I had to fucking Google what somatosensory was and how to pronounce it. And what does somatosensory mean? It is a system... I also Googled that and saved that. Uh It is a system of neural structures in the brain and body that produces the perception of touch, temperature, body position, and pain. (laughs) Makes sense. I have never never heard that. Oh, I thought I was... Just an idiot. Um, that no, makes me feel better. No, I, I feel that. like it, it's like I, you know, we talked to so many people who are into bondage, and I don't know if any of us have heard like that, like specific no. definition. Like the what? You, you, you've never had someone like lean in seductively into your ear as you've been bound and gagged, like, mm, is that doing it for your somatosensory system, bitch? Ah, uh, like. I should know that. I'm a I'm a nurse for Christ's sake, but I did not realize that because I, I mean I would have thought that sense like I would say sensory is in there, but I wouldn't have known it was there was a specific term for it. But it's okay, Tim, because you're an American nurse. Like in America, they probably teach you all to put like marshmallow fluff over wounds and shit. Like I don't know. <laughs> I got my license in Ohio, dude. That is one of the hardest states to get a license in. Yeah, but you've told me about Ohio. That doesn't sound. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's like the that's one. Like that's thing. like the one thing that we do well here is medicine. It's like the only thing that we do well in Ohio. Fair enough. I'll, I'll I'll take your word on that one. So, like, how do you feel like bondage comes into like the position of kink in the wider narrative? Like, does it sit firmly under BDSM? Is it under leather? Like, as one of those? Is it its own category? How do y'all see it playing out? So, as we're recording, this is like a week after IML, which is like a big. I mean, I say it's a kink event um, in Chicago, but it's mostly a leather event. It's a, it's, a, it's a leather competition, whatever. So kind of the issue with it is it is leather. And I feel like a lot of events like this in the US are like centered on leather and bondage is kind of implied, but it's not really like, it's never the focal point. It's never like the star of the show or anything like that. It's always the bridesmaid. And so I feel like that's just sort of how it's been, even though I clearly feel like bondage is and should be its own kind of recognized, respected thing that, you know, that can include leather, but also be independent of it, just like the way leather can include bondage, but also be independent of that. And just pigging, piggybacking off that, technically there is no direct correlation between bondage and leather specifically. But that being said, it is very common for someone to be into both. It's like feet. How ninety percent of bondage guys are into feet. It's kind of like yeah. um, a lot of Star Trek fans are also people who are really big into the Ren Fair. Hmm. You know, the thing is, like leather. There's like a clear visual that comes to people's mind when you think of leather. There is like the Tom of Finland kind of figure. You know, very masculine with a handlebar mustache and you know, in a mer cap and, you know, leather jacket and leather pants and, and big boots and all of those kinds of things, which is, you know, is a good image and stuff like that. And I feel like it's a way of people sort of identifying that they're kinky without it being, you know, considered threatening or scary or anything like that. I feel like outside of the gay community, like a leatherman just looks just reads as gay it doesn't necessarily have to read as kinky or all these other things like that even though there's that implication and with bondage there's not really a way of doing that and i feel like if there is it probably might seem a little bit more threatening or something like that to people look bondage does definitely fall under bdsm i mean the b is for bondage but the kind of bondage we're into is certainly not what people would think of when they think of BDSM. Like sort of what Nat said, I think the average person, if you hear the term BDSM, you would assume leather clad dungeons, hoods, whips, chains, leather restraints. For me or for us, it's just rope and tape. And it's not bondage without a gag. Oh, I like that. So what's the gag element then? Like, so if it's if it's not bondage without the gag, why is gag not the central part? Why is it not gagging instead of bondage? Well, you can't really have a gag without bondage. You could, but what's to stop a person removing the gag? Yeah, from just removing the... Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's obvious. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, if their hands aren't tied up, they can just take the ball out of their mouth. Here I was thinking, I'm asking the deep questions today. Nah, just... (laughs) Never mind me. But that's really interesting, though. Like, key elements that to, to an outside perspective, I wouldn't think like, oh, the gag is a necessary component. And yet it also makes sense because in any scenario where someone's tied up, if they're not gagged, what's to stop them from going, help, I'm bound, come and release me. So yeah, that makes perfect sense. 
Yeah, it's like, I mean, because it's like, okay, so the bottom line is like, it's really all about control and stuff like that. Like giving up control, taking control, doing all of that. The gag really adds to that. But then, yeah, it's like, and then I, I feel like Sammy felt the need to kind of add that little thing about the gag because it's like, for most of the people we talk to on our podcast, um, you know, in a way they almost separate gags from bondage, even though they're obviously a part of it. But like in our world, bondage just kind of seems to be implied. It's always going to happen. There's always going to be some form of restraint. But then the gag, it gets different because people have different tastes for certain kinds of gags. People like certain things that come with, you know, a person being gagged and things like that. And then so that almost becomes like its own independent conversation of, of bondage. But it's obviously a part of bondage. Like it needs to kind of go with restraint and all of that. That's really interesting. It almost makes me think like, Tim, I don't know if you'd agree with this, like the comparative about like food and the consumption of food. When it comes to a feeding sesh, there is the implication that there is going to be some kind of belly rub. Ironically, also a restraint, right? Like usually it's like someone's like either being sat yeah, on Yeah, I mean, if you're into that, yeah. You know, or being tied to the chair. But like the sort of diversity there tends to come in like the type of food or the texture of food or like the way in which people are fed and the method. So it's interesting, like the kind of parallels. And that it's a mouth thing. They're both mouth things. Interesting. Is there or something fixation. There? I mean, if you if you subscribe to anything uh that freud said he, you know they, he talked about oral fixation like it's something to do with like either uh, breastfed versus bottle fed but you know freud was mostly full of shit so i don't know if you want to believe that well speaking of things that people have said i'd be curious to know what is like the biggest misconception people have about bondage i reckon in addition to what we just talked about it's probably that bloody 50 shades of gray is an accurate portrayal of a BDSM relationship. I say that as someone who's never seen it. You're not missing anything. You, you're not both going to come over here and kidnap me and force me to be your sex slave and that I won't fall in love with you both. And it'll, it, I actually don't know the rest of the plot. of. The I mean, awesome. probably, but on a much lower budget. I don't have a helicopter <laughs> or a or whatever. Yeah. And don't worry, James, there is no plot. I mean, okay, so in one way, kind of getting back to what we were just saying about like how things get kind of muddied and conflated with leather and dungeons and stuff like that is I think on one end, it's kind of like that, like people hear bondage and they immediately think of gimp suits and, you know, and all of those things and all of that, which, you know, are kind of part of the family and everything like that, but it's just one kind of aspect. And we see it a lot in pop culture as ways of sort of ridiculing bondage a little like i mean getting like, like kind of getting back to gimp suits and the gimp and you know pulp fiction and things like that i feel like there's always just ways of like kind of making it look silly or look predatory or something like that i guess that's also a bit of a misconception bondage isn't about control it's really about trust that makes a lot of sense like i have to put a lot of trust in you you've not just tied me to this chair, but you've actually um, used so much duct tape that my, my arms and legs are bound together from head to toe. And you, almost like a mummification, I know sometimes can be the extent with bondage. And it's like all that's exposed is like maybe a little bit of my mouth and like just a strip around my eyes. I have to trust you that you're going to take care of me and that you're not just going to like yeah. fucking leave. Or, or say if you're doing breath play, you know, and you're you're basically in, or or someone is in control of when you're able to take a breath you know you have to put a lot of trust in that mm. yeah i mean 
it's like there's there's that like technical element and then also like we are kind of a fringe group in a lot of ways and you know it's also just like trusting that you're not gonna like judge me or ridicule me for you know for the things that i get off to and find attractive and like and everything and I think that's why there's so much like camaraderie within our group, like of being able to connect with other kinksters who like things like us and everything, because it's like, we're so used to like the mainstream world where people either like look at us like, like circus sideshow freaks or, you know, or they're just, and they're like fascinated by us or they're just like scared of us and don't want was, anything to do with bondage. Like, I was just about to ask that. Cause I was about to say, you know, with the advent of the 50 shades of gray series, like, do you guys find that if you're not being condemned as perverts, then you're being looked at as novelties? I say, I haven't really talked about it enough with anyone vanilla to really have an idea of how I'm perceived or how we're perceived. <laughs> I, yeah, it's like, I mean, I would say that I have for some part, like, I mean, cause it's like, there's always people who are curious and I think that's always good is like people who are curious and want to try it and stuff like that. But I don't know. It's like, I mean, there's been several times where, you know, when I've kind of dated guys that I've met like on Scruff or something like that. Like, so just more kind of general gay dating app that's not specifically kink related. And the minute I bring up bondage, then that's all they kind of see me as and think of me as, and they want to try it and they get like overly excited about it and everything. And then it's just sort of like, okay, now you don't, you know, now you don't see it, like a person behind any of this or anything like that. Like you're just kind yeah. of putting me into this little box and category and maybe want to try like bondage with me, but then you're, I don't know, you're not going to like, you know, take any other in kind of interest in me or something like that. Mm. To be fair, that's very similar to like being a gainer on somewhere like Bigger City or Growler because yeah. so many people have a negative perception of gaining and feedism. Like I am a gainer and I think I would have said this on, you know, when I was on your podcast, like it doesn't mean I'm a feeder. If anything, I want you to feed me. <laughs> like the food is mine. I'm the one getting fat. You can starve. I want to grow. But they see gainer on the profile and they're like, oh, you want to ironically probably like kidnap me and tie me down and feed me until I'm immobile and then feed me until I'm dead and I'm like nope nothing of the sort truly could not give a fuck what you do in your spare time mate like I was just hoping for like maybe a friend at lunch that was about it but you've taken this into such a weird place because you saw my profile and then you've just layered an assumption right over the top may I ask a random question yes mm -hmm. So, can't help the... interviewing. He can't be stopped. Go for it. <laughs> take out the gaining aspect. Say you're having you're at a restaurant with a friend. Would you feel comfortable being the only one eating? Yes. Yeah. Because I'm hungry, and if I'm hungry, yeah. I don't give a shit if you're not eating. Yeah. If anything, <laughs> I'm I'm focused on satiating my hunger. Yeah. If I'm hungry and you don't want to eat, and you feel like that's something I need to give a fuck about, you're absolutely wrong because I'm hungry. You eat I mean, I will offer you food too. Like if I'm cooking, I will offer you food or I'm like, hey, let's go out to lunch somewhere. But if we're you know? out and I'm hungry and you're like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. I don't need to eat. I'm like, okay, you can either go or sit there in silence while I eat, but my eating is not a negotiation. <laughs> I'm going to have the filet mignon. You can have your ice cubes and lemon. I don't care. 
oh my god, the most iconic thing when I went back to Australia and going out with thin friends and they say things that I haven't heard in so long, like, do you want to split an appetizer? And I'm like, sure, I'm still going to get my own, but I'll have half of yours, that's fine. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Well, it, yeah, yeah it's like, I mean, that's what's funny is like how much of a social, how much of a social thing we've made eating, like, because I've always noticed with like groups of friends, like it's like okay, like what when I say I'm hungry, like I'm fucking serious that I'm hungry, and like we should, you know, start, you know, working towards getting a meal or something like that. And then when we're all like at a place eating, I get very quiet because I'm eating. Like I'm not like most people are just kind of too busy with conversation and they eat very slowly because they talk and eat and then talk and then eat and everything like I'm like I'm gonna keep eating until I'm like ready to like stop and then you know of, of course I mean I'm, I, it's not like I completely just zone out and just focus on my food but I do get relatively quiet like when like when I'm around food and when I'm eating um like in a large group or something because it's like okay yeah like I'm hungry and I want to like not be hungry and enjoy my food like <laughs> mm. See, it's a bit ridiculous because I hate the idea of eating in front of people if they're not eating. But if I was with someone who was eating and I wasn't, I wouldn't give a shit. I want to circle back to you two here and I want to ask, how do you two first, like, come together? What was the, what, what was the meeting? Give me the story. Sell me the fantasy. So 2020 was when I started you know, posting content, joining the kinky community go back about two years before that and I stumbled across this fictional bondage story I love reading a good bondage story story was called I am reluctantly his and it became one of my favorite stories like I even saved it I think I haven't saved on notepad somewhere because I was like what if it gets deleted anyway fast forward to early 2021 when I'm on kinkstagram and I saw the author of said story was also on kinkstagram so I was like you know what I'll follow him. And we started talking. I mentioned how much I love the story and we just developed a great friendship from there. Now, no prizes if you figured out that Nat is the author in question. Yeah, I mean, that's how we met, connecting over that and over quarantine when everybody was just, you know, their consumption of social media was just at an unhealthy level because they weren't going outside and weren't physically interacting with people as someone whose social media level hasn't changed excuse me and then okay and then so like with my side of that story is I, tr I I've wanted to do a bondage podcast like for a while and I actually you know I found another bondage kingster he models you know for di he, for different bondage websites he also just does general mod modeling because he's a very pretty man we tried doing a bondage podcast together I was kind of mostly the organizer behind it and I wasn't very organized like what, what after I met Sammy I was like okay you have a much better game plan than I do but yeah it's like we had tried and this was like right before quarantine in the US just set off in 2020 like literally I think we posted our first episode like right before shit started hitting the fan with all of that and then I don't know it's like I felt like it was just kind of doomed from the start because you know, our schedules just kind of went haywire. Like I was very, um, my schedule opened up. So I was like, oh, this is the perfect time for me to start a podcast and everything. I'm at home most of the time. Um, but then he got re really busy and we made two episodes and then that was kind of it. And 
yeah, it's like I didn't really know, you know, what was to come of that. And I still kind of wanted to do a podcast. And then, you know, months went by. And then that's when Sammy and I uh, met each other. And um, I don't know, the idea for a podcast kind of came up. And then, yeah, it's like, we, you know, we video chatted a few times and, you know, had somewhat of a game plan. And then, you know, we just kept going from there. Tim, do you have any comments to make about Nat's side of the story that you would like Sounds to? Sounds familiar. <laughs> Again, I think reasons why I'm like, you guys are just a, a parallel kinkiverse version of, of us because Tim had a podcast and was trying to do it and didn't feel very organized. And then I was the organized one. And then now we've connected. And So this is a message to any American who wants to start a podcast. You need a drill sergeant Aussie to back you up. Exactly. You'll you'll have a, a, two examples right here, an award-winning combination of, of kink across the spectrum. But you can't be about gaining or bondage. We are now taken. Um, but please look through the rest of the fetish spectrum, and then again connect with us. We'll we'll continue the our um our KCU our kink cinematic universe bullshit as we expand uh, the, the, the narratives there within. Um, but it's really yeah. hearing about how you guys came together. Um, what has the reception been like from your listenership? The thing is, these days, I don't hear a lot of feedback from people directly. A lot of it is secondhand. We'll have a guest um, on the show, and then a week later, they'll message saying how many people have told them they love the podcast. Which makes sense, I guess. People aren't going to say it to us every time we're on the show, which is every bloody week. And it's great, but it can be a little bittersweet. You know, I know people love the podcast and that's amazing, but it would be nice to hear that we're doing a good job from time to time. It's like, I spent 10 hours editing the episode. Please tell me I'm a good boy. But these days, although I don't hear much, what I do hear has been immensely positive and inspiring like i think it resonates with people that we're here we're kinky we're sharing our stories but we're not doing it in a cold formulaic manner we're just yammering on having a chat and normalizing it i mean even kind of getting back to what james was saying um i mean it even kind of reminds me of just just the way people reacted to our posts about your episodes and everything like that because you know, that wasn't a normal kind of topic for us to talk about. I mean, because we mostly do bondage. And and then I think, you know, I think a lot of kinksters who aren't familiar with gaining might clutch their pearls a little bit about it because, you know, they all have body issues and they're like, I don't, like, I, it's like, I don't know, this feels like unsafe territory or something. And mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, when people like listen to our episodes and kind of saw the little promos that I did on my profile for your episodes. Like a lot of people responded really well to that. Like, because most people can relate to, you know, body image issues and things like that. Like, yeah. And look, that's another one of the reasons why we wanted to have you lovely boys on because you gave me such a wonderful opportunity to come on and speak to, you know, talk as we found across three episodes, the insanely huge topic that is, everything to do with body and fat and society and everything and it for you guys i guess it's an opportunity to showcase your listeners hey like there is more to the story than just i guess what what we kind of specialize in and the same with us you know i bet very strongly that we've got a listenership that would love to listen to you guys and probably have started listening to you as of this episode you know so i think it's wonderful to kind of share in that and build a kind of more of a network like we're all here we're all kinky we're all having fun and we just want to talk 
and be listened to and, and understood and all that good shit. On that point, like having been on your show now and kind of talk to you guys, like what is your perception of gaming? I mean, it's like, I, I don't know if I did this during your episode, but it's like, I, I, I see the connect, the connection between gaming and bondage because they both deal with control and because it's about having a control over your own body and the choices you make for your body and things kind of like that. And I think the reason why a lot of kinksters like that aren't familiar with gaming, like kind of freak out when they hear about it is, is like, you know, because I think a lot of people don't feel like they have control over their bodies or, you know, what their bodies do, how their bodies look, you know, things like that. And so I think the thought of gaining is sort of anarchy for them in, in that kind of way. But it's like, in a way, I kind of feel like, well, maybe we should have a little bit of that anarchy with it because who the fuck says how our bodies should or shouldn't look and everything, like. Yeah, I think I have similar reasons, but a different approach. Like, it's not one of my kinks, but it most certainly wouldn't be a deal breaker. And as someone who admittedly does have a very fucked up relationship with food, I think if you can be in control of your calorie intake and achieve your desired shape and size, no matter what that is, then I think that's bloody awesome. I mean, Tim, I'll, I'll flip the question on you. What's your perception of bondage? Do you enjoy bondage? What 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 are your experiences with bondage? I like I like some light BDSM, light. You know, um, I have never been flogged, whipped, spanked, anything like that. That I'm a little hesitant to do because I'm afraid it might be kind of triggering. But um, as far as being tied up, I have been tied up and edged before, and. I just, I think the reason I didn't end up enjoying it as much as I'd like to is because the way that I was tied up, I don't really like to have my arms restricted, right? Like if I don't have full range of motion in my arms, I kind of get a little claustrophobic. So that was not as much fun as I liked it to be. Um, but I'm still open to learning. Um, I have a flogger and uh, my boyfriend, Matt, loves to get flogged and I need to get better at that. But is that just because he's a brat and he wants you to tame him? Kind of, yeah. I, yeah, so like I'm I'm interested in some light BDSM, um, and I'm also I'm so I really want someone to teach me how to pistol whip. I don't know why it's so specific. Have you guys ever seen Sin City? Yeah. Okay. Um, so Nat, that scene with the sex worker when she's got Mickey Rourke tied up and she's like just wailing on him with the butt of the gun. It looks so hot. I'm like, I want somebody to teach me how to do that. I, yeah it, that's yeah it's like a gun is so interesting because it's like i mean in movies it's obviously like a rubber gun or plastic or so, something that's not gonna hurt the actor like with it because guns are fucking metal like <laughs> they could be really dangerous but um but yeah i mean that's that would be an interesting role play to do so i've got to say we probably have as much experience with the flogging the whipping as you do because we are all about the bee not so much on the DSM. Oh, that's right, yeah. So I'm curious to ask, maybe from a more practical perspective, like, I'm not going to presume, like, the amount of experience either of you have had with larger partners with bondage, but, like, for the listeners, can you kind of walk us through, like, what are some of the key differences between bondage with a typically smaller person and a typically larger person? I'm glad you asked that because... As um, Tim was speaking, I just thought like of how a lot of the times bondage does assume a specific 
kind of body or body type or something like a sub that I have played I've I've hung out with him a few times I've only tied him up once so far he's that heavy set but he's very tall and like broad and I, I mean so one issue that he kind of brings up and several people have if especially if they're submissive is if they're big it's very hard for them to find men who will dominate them because it's it, because it's like people feel intimidated or it just seems like too much work or you know something kind of like that and so I feel like they all kind of need to like overcompensate like their subbiness to like you know to like make someone feel comfortable with um dominating them and stuff like that and then also like not only that but um this guy's been taking bondage classes you know it's a bunch of women getting tied up and then this like very tall man getting tied up and he even says like what the instructor is it's like he needs to get instructions for like everybody else in the class of how to tie women because there's like a typical way that they do that and everything and it's like okay well here are your instructed your instructions because you're you're bigger and you know there's like different ways of you know, different ways of tying you, different kinds of flexibility. And then also like bear bondage is basically its own kind of subgenre under the, like, the main bondage umbrella of people who typically are attracted to bears, you know, and bears tied up and everything like that. And then so that's sort of, you know, its own kind of category within it. <laughs> My um, ex actual experience with tying up bigger guys is usually, you know, they're probably most comfortable tied to furniture or something like that versus like something like a hog tie because hog ties put a lot of pressure in certain parts and things like that of their body. They, you know, they usually lay flat on a floor or something like that. It's, you know, like they kind of have to constrict their body in a certain way and it usually gets more painful. So usually tying them to a chair, a bed, you know, kind of something like that, that's that's like comfortable that their body could sort of rest on and you could like tie their limbs to like something on it or something like that is usually probably, I think the better way to go about it. Uh, I'm kind of curious about something. Um, so in the context of bondage, how do you guys feel about more extreme forms of bondage, like say suspension? open to trying it but never have i wouldn't seek it out i mean because suspension there's so okay so i mean getting back to that tall sub that i know um i mean part of the class is learning suspension and yeah like i think once again as being somebody who is bigger and heavier i think it's bit more difficult for him to kind of experience and learn that and everything because you know, once again, they just expect, you know, these small women to be suspended, which I guess is just less to work with and all of that. Um, but suspension, does, I mean, it takes a lot of skill. You really need to know how to like rope people a certain way and everything like that. You can't just tie them however, and then just hang them. And it just kind of works out like that because it adds, you know, once again, stress and pressure to certain points of the body and everything. And then plus, you also need equipment for that. Like, it's like you need like a really good something to mount from something high or the ceiling or something like that that's not going to like cave in or anything like that because mm -hmm. i mean that's also a risk like oh yeah how many fucking hilarious instagram videos of like girls who got a fucking stripper pole during lockdown set it up in their lounge room and they do like one fucking rotation and then the pole just topples and they're going like ass first through the fucking window and it's like <laughs> nice. you've got like fucking drywall on your fucking ceiling like no this was not designed to hold you this is not your moment slow down sheila yeah. didn't those used to have to be installed i i feel like i remember a time when people would say things like oh i'm having a stripper pole installed yeah because they started making them like very um 
I don't know, very user-friendly. Like you could just buy one at a store in a box and it just sort of, you know, comes out like a, like a shower pole or something like that. And it's just like, yeah. Like, DIY stripping. I love it. <laughs> like, it's like, because, yeah, it's like, I mean, because my boyfriend even has like, he has like a harness thing that's like for um that like, I don't know, like window cleaners and shit, like what they use when they kind of propel from the roof of buildings and shit like that. Like he has something like that. We we figured out how to like mount somebody to our sofa with it, but like we don't have anything in our apartment to actually like hang somebody from that. And mm. we don't want to try, like, cause it's like, we don't want to fuck something up in here. Like, <laughs> and then you have to like take that money out of deductible when you inevitably move. And then the landlord's like, how the fuck did you take a chunk out of my cunting ceiling? And you don't want to have to be like a 700 pound man stuck his foot through there by accident. I will not be disclosing the details of how we achieved that at this time. Thank you. Um, you just sort of well, vaguely for the best. <laughs> we did talk about this previously on the podcast, and I did say, oh, no, I don't want you to do that because I don't want you to lose your security deposit. I mean, I also don't want you to get hurt, but the security deposit, that's what imp what's important. Yeah, in this economy, you know, I'm more willing for you to break your back, not break your bank balance, doll. You know, that. I thought I thought slings were complicated. <laughs> Look, as for me, I don't think my bondage experiences have been varied enough, but I was just looking at the question sexually. In my bachelor days, I'd get fucked, then get out. Now as a married man, I get fucked and get donuts. God, now I just really, there's one gainer I follow in particular, and I swear to Christ, he just shares every, like, Krispy Kreme post. And it's like, I always stumble upon those stories right when I'm like, God, I'm in the mood for a snack. And then you see that little glazed, like, little fucking Twinks cum-coated booty hole glazed fucking donut, and you're just like, ugh. Could really smash, like, 12 of those right now. <laughs> There was, a, there was actually a funny moment during IML weekend because um, I highly recommended a local donut place here called Beacon Donuts. And one of our guests who was there for IML, I was like, okay, well, so close to this, like, let me bring you some, some of the donuts, like, you know, when I see you. So I brought them and he, he loved them. He said that they were great because I saw that they also got Dunkin' Donuts sometime before. And sometime later, like he, he just kind of said, it's like, oh yeah, but the, the donuts that Nat brought were like way better than Dunkin' Donuts. And I was like, but I'm kind of glad that you said that because like if, if you thought Dunkin' Donuts was like on the same level or better, like I'm just going to leave right now. Like I just... Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta acknowledge the good stuff. Although, do y'all remember that weird thing, like in the late two thousands, early twenty tens, where it was like the loaded donut milkshake bullshit dessert thing, where it's like it's a fucking mason jar full of full of thick shake, and then over the top of the mason jar they've got a donut, and then it's like a slice of cake, and then it's drizzled in chocolate sauce. Where the hell did they sell this? No, this was, like, a thing, right? Like, back in the late 2000s, early 2010s. Like, I don't know what the fuck they called it, but it was what I called bullshit. Because I just want a fucking milkshake. And no, I would have... I That sounds delicious. Where? How did I miss whatever this was? I think it was more of a Pinterest thing, really. Did anyone actually make them? 
Well, 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 this is the question. And, you know, you'd see certain people modeling with them, but like, how much, do you know what? This is the thing. Nick Cardo Avocado and all the other fucking mukbangers. How much that shit do they really fucking eat? Because they have a spread. And I swear, when you skip to the end of the video, there's still so much of it that goes uneaten. And I'm like, does it just go in the bin? What are we doing here? A lot of wasted money. A lot of yeah. wasted food. Ugh. Yeah, it's like, what are you saying that it reminds me of the Paula Deen hamburger donuts, like where it's instead of a bun, you have just two glazed donuts oh, and the then Luther, a burger yeah. in the middle. The Luther. <laughs> I, I remember that was a thing. Um, and then another thing that I remember is, is, yeah, like some nonsense YouTube channel that I think Zennials watch or something that like, it, in, it involved like just, you know, a bunch of young people buying a bunch of food and then just doing dumb shit with it. And then just me, like, number one, loving food, and then also just being very frugal. I'm just like, what the fuck are these children doing with this food? Like, who is eating this? Like, who is paying for this? What is happening? <laughs> I may have I may have asked this on the pod before, but do you guys remember? So it was very, I, I feel like it was brief. KFC was including Krispy Kreme donuts with their, with their chicken for a little while. Like, was that a fever dream, or did I actually get to eat that when it was happening? <laughs> Because I, I just, I feel like I remember it was damn good. Like you had the crispy chicken, you had the crispy cream donuts with it. And I can't remember if it was a donut bun or if it was just mini donuts and the frosting. I Yeah, I mean, because it almost, I mean, that does sound good. It sounds like a, like a chicken and waffles almost yeah, type of thing. it's very much like donuts. that. Like, I don't, I know there was a chicken craze at some point in the 2010s, like when McDonald's started having the chicken biscuit. Ah, so these are like chicken biscuits. Ew. We're going to need to get off this because I'm just getting so fucking hungry right about now. <laughs> oh, fuck me. So am I. Well, I'll circle back. I just want to say, joking aside, I can't say there's been a noticeable difference whenever there's been a variation in size. I mean, I, I'd love to try, because I, I think I shared this story on your podcast you know one of the most major experiences i had with bondage it was an older gentleman i was in university and it was the most incredible experience like he had me bound in such a way that he was like if you start to panic you put your arms like this and then the whole thing slides off but otherwise like as you are now you really can't move and he had me on my back on my dorm bed and like i have never been fucked like that when this when this man said look at me Oh, when I tell you, my eyes snapped to his and, like, my asshole just, like, blew the fuck open. Like, it was incredible. Like, I have never had sex like that before. You always have such an eloquent way of putting things. I really do, don't I? I'm like the, um, I was about to say Maya Rudolph, but that's not the name. <laughs> the Maya Angelou. Maya Angelou, that's the one. I'm the Maya Rudolph of the game. <laughs> that's it's probably just a more accurate thing. statement. Yeah, like, I don't know who that is. Like, yeah, Maya. Well, how the hell is about Maya? Chi-Chi Devane. <laughs> How are you going to be a celebrated poet if you can't even spell your own damn name? Uh, <laughs> All Stars 3 was another time. But no, um, it was an incredible experience. Bondage, I think, can really do that for people. So uh, this is your PSA. Try Bondage. It's it's good. I like it. Like, it's oddly freeing. It's like, yes, you're being physically restrained and restricted and everything, but it's also just very freeing and liberating. Mm, I can imagine, like, much like with feeding, when you kind of give up that control to someone else, there's something very freeing in the whole, like, consensually letting whatever happens, happens. Like, it's very, it's very that. Um, but I do want to ask here, like, more specifically about your show, 
is there like a specific challenge that you guys have come across in like the production side of things? Technology does not like us. We fix one problem and another one arises. One of the biggest issues we had was when we had our first guest on the show. I'd bought a new headset and I guess the settings got altered. So about 12 hours after we recorded, I went back to check it, check it, back up everything. And I realized it did not record any of my audio. Oh, so no. this was this was pre-Zoom. So I used to just screen record the conversation. So the guest was asleep. Nat was asleep. My husband was at work. I'm sitting here like, oh, fuck, what am I going to do? We've got in our first guest and I've just fucked it up. So basically what I had to do was go through the entire clip, transcribe it, and try to remember what I'd said at those moments or pick it up from context. And then over the next few days, I just re-recorded all my lines and edited myself back in. Dang. That's... That sounds like your level of anal retention. <laughs> How very dare you. I am I'm the most loose and chill, chilled and relaxed uh, producer of content that there has ever been, Timothy, and you can't prove otherwise. Oh, I'm fucking not. Oh, the, oh, the bloody <laughs> editing. It's so time-consuming. Like, it might be an OCD thing, but it does take me about an hour to edit around 10 minutes of content on a good day. And admittedly... There are moments where you sit here on your island continent watching all these kink events happen while you're sitting there editing people's audio. It's like, oh, this is such a thankless job. Yeah, very bad. Tim went on a cruise earlier in the year and the week that he was away, I was like, I'm just going to throw myself into my dedication to this project because I need to take my mind off of Instagram. Not that I begrudge anyone having those moments. No, you sort of sit there eye twitching like, I love that they're having such a great time and everything is lovely. I know geographically I can't hang out with these people. I can't have what they have. But sometimes you sit think, but guys, messages are free. And I bring that up a lot on my podcast. Yeah, it's like, well, and then every every episode is special and that they all have their own unique technical issues that we have to address. <laughs> yeah, audio consistency was a little bit of a struggle in the beginning. After I got the second microphone, I felt like my my sound quality improved greatly. I mean, I might just get that, you know. I, th- I think I think a new mic would be a worthy investment for season three. Uh, but for you guys, right, because you're called the bondage gaze, like, what is the first thing you look at when it comes to bondage? Like, you're meeting up with a new person. What's the first the first go-to? I, I mean, this is going to be boring, but like, I mean, I guess a conversation of what you're into and what your limits are and what you're all about and everything like that. But like, I guess once we get past that, you know, and into a session, then it's like, like, say if you're into clothing or something like that, because I'm into clothing, then coordinating and getting you into an outfit. And if you're going to go beyond that and go to role play, then there's some kind of role playing or something like that. For some friends that I meet up with, it's almost kind of like a photo shoot, like when, when we play, because it's like one of us might have an idea in mind of, okay, I want to tie you up this way in this outfit or something like that. And so we will just do something kind of like that. Otherwise, I mean, with people I don't know very well, it's just a little bit more organic of, okay, like just tie you up in a simple way, gag you in a simple way, like like getting back to gags. It's like a big thing is not a lot of guys are comfortable with tape, especially if they have facial hair, so you have to have hair on their 
head because we usually wrap tape around and it coming off isn't always fun, especially if you're not into that. So if you're not into tape, then, you know, what else are we going to use? And then also just like, you know, if you, once you're tied up, if you like being tickled, if you like nipple play, if you like any kind of impact play or anything like that, I typically don't have sex with bondage or anything. So that's usually not on the table, but if people are comfortable with me stripping them, getting them off, then I can also do that. A lot of options. I like options. I, I do actually want to ask, because, uh, and bear with me on this, Trinity the Tuck Taylor says that in order to get the perfect tuck, you've got to put like a little bit of like tissue paper down before you tape, because that's how you protect sensitive areas. And because I've seen some of y'all's photos where it's like full mummification, I'm sort of sat there like, do they wrap themselves in like tissue first to like make it not terrible? So like, do you do that or not? For mummification, yes. You wrap cling wrap. Cling wrap. Okay. Well, actually, that, that seems like the more ergonomic version of it. No, that makes sense. And I do, I did have an incident where it was a hot summer day and like last summer I did one where I was wrapped in cling wrap and I sweat so fucking bad. Like it sounded terrible. It was like sound effects bad. Oof. But the yeah. year before, it was also a hot summer day and I thought, oh, it's hot. I'm going to sweat. I won't worry about the cling wrap. Oh my God, it was so painful coming off. Like I'm, I, I've got, got it on video. I'm like, oh, son of a cut, it hurts. Why did I do this? And it that happened to me one, one night when I went out in full rubber, head to toe, and uh, I was dancing. And <laughs> I, I swear to God, I feel like there was a puddle underneath me when I finally stripped all that off. <laughs> tasty, tasty sweat. <laughs> <laughs> oh god but that's um, a business opportunity because you could bottle that shit and sell it for a hundred bucks a pop and i feel like people would absolutely or sweat mm. drink it up they absolutely would they absolutely and, would yeah it's like and i mean there are tapes that are more gentle against the skin i personally uh really love athletic tape which you could buy at like any pharmacy drugstore whatever um it's very cloth-like and you know i think it's very effective and there's still a pinch when you you know peel it off skin or hair or something like that but it's it's nowhere nearly as bad as like duct tape like i feel like you know things like duct tape gorilla tape etc like those are the worst like against the skin especially for gags uh use cloth you know maybe stuff your mouth add like a cleave gag like something that you bite down on put something like over that and then that kind of gives enough coverage over your face to like add tape over that and then you know the tape's not really clinging to your skin or hair that much when it comes to me being tied i'm a creature of habit i want a hog tie and a tape gag preferably with socks on just because it's more comfortable. Um, but if it's someone else getting tied up, then I'm open to more variation. Like, hey, we'll try a chair tie, then we'll move on to a hog tie. How about a pig tie? Actually, I haven't pig tied anyone, but I would be open to it. Is a pig tie what's, different? What's to the a difference? Pig tie? Yeah. It's basically hands are in front and then they're connected to the feet. So it's almost like an inverted hog tie. Mm, gotcha. It's like hog tie is like if you suck a pole through the back. They'd be on the spit roast, like with the belly outward, and then pig tires in the shot where they're like that, but the poles across the front, and they're being like carried. Gotcha. Pretty much. Okay. Yeah. 
See, we're learning new things all the time here on the Thick Radio Podcast. We are an educational program uh, and would like to be uh, understood as such. So please nominate us for your local education awards. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because I recently, I've been referred, because there's a position that I've gotten obsessed with. Um, I found a, a Betty Page pin up a picture of her tied like this, where her arms and legs are completely like, the Suspended only rope on it is like, it, well, no, it's like, like her arms and legs are completely bound together and like all the way, like basically from her wrists and ankles, like all the way up like that, like, and then that's where all the rope is. And I, I like, I love seeing men in that position because it's just so helpless. And you also don't see that a lot. Cause I mean, once again, it's like the way people, the mainstream world likes to see bondage. It's mostly like women as submissive and all of that and everything. Um, and I've always thought that I was a pig tie and it's similar to a pig tie in that, you know, the, it's kind of a similar position, but I guess what makes it a jackknife position is I guess the rope just kind of going all around the arms and legs. Now we do have a listener question lads, which is what is the most important thing you've both learned from doing your show? That is the toughest question. I feel like I need to have some answer like, oh, I learned this about myself and now my whole life has changed. But I don't really have anything like that. And I've been sitting on this question since I saw it. I'm like, fuck, I need to think of something other than the bloody editing. So I've got a bit of a cop-out answer. And that is basically, I've just learned a lot about different kinks out there. One of the biggest ones, obviously, being gaining fetism. Oh, and 90% of bondage kicksters have been kidnapped as their ultimate bondage fantasy. To be fair, that's the same with gaining. Like, every fucking gainer out there is like, I want a guy to kidnap me and turn me into his bad little bitch. Um, apparently... What's he got? Three tits? What's he got? Three tits? (laughs) 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 Oh my god, I'm sorry. I just, I watched, um... All Stars and and James Mansfield does Jennifer Coolidge and she does she did a really good job I appreciated it but also I was like damn I was gonna learn how to be a drag queen and then get on Drag Race and do Jennifer Coolidge and be fabulous and and now I can't anymore so I'll just give up drag forever that's that's my plan gone bust uh, but apologies Nat you were gonna tell us about kidnapping and and what you've learned from us doing the show for I guess almost three years like yeah it's like we learned just like a lot of commonalities like that like most people's ultimate fantasy is to get kidnapped which is why we scrapped that question like this last season of okay we know what the fuck everybody's gonna say so we're just gonna take that one out but yeah it's like i don't know i I mean i think a big thing that i would say that i've learned from it is just i guess how much the bondage community kind of you know wanted and maybe even like dare i say needed a bondage themed podcast like just because maybe it was my own vanity and narcissism or something like that that just wanted just to express my own thoughts and ideas about this or something like but like now seeing like how many people listen to us and how many people like value the podcast and everything and i mean it really just shows how connected this community is and how much we seem to want that kind of connection with other kinksters honestly very that like Tim was talking about this when he came back from the cruise, like, event drop is such a real fucking thing. Like, when you get the opportunity to be around your people and invest time and energy 
um, to come away from that is a genuine <laughs> depression <laughs> to have to, 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 to come away from it. And as you say, like when you find that there are people like accessible to you that you find I've been listening to your words and I participate and I'm, you know, the, the, the listener in the background and, you know, there's something quite beautiful about that connectivity. And I think much like you were saying before, your podcast seems to me similar to ours born out of a void you know there wasn't anything happening and if no one else is going to do it why not me why not us why not step forward and and do something and create space and and do it with the excellence that we know that we can bring and sometimes i think when we think excellence we look at the quality and sure like where we can do good things that's great but the quality isn't just the fact that it sounds good it's also the people you get the perspective you share the stories the experiences it allows people and probably a lot of people who live in isolated places to feel more connected to their community which wouldn't be possible without what you guys do so i think that's honestly fantastic stuff now what do you want listeners to take away from today's conversation well me firstly someone kidnap me please is, is, that, is that your is that your biggest kink? Is that what that is? Is that your biggest fantasy? Uh, I don't know if it's the biggest, but it's up there. Normally, it's our guests begging our listeners to kidnap them, so it's nice to be on the other side. But basically, I'd just like everyone to know it's okay to be you, even if you're a bit of a cunt, but maybe just don't be a total cunt. Never be ashamed of your kinks. As long as you're not hurting anyone or yourself or doing anything illegal, you do what makes you happy. And if anyone objects to that, quite frankly, they can fuck off. It's not their life to live and their opinion doesn't matter. Just to go off of uh, what Sammy said, it's like, I mean, just, you know, explore like things that you're curious about, you know, like, you know, be whatever you're into and just be, you know, just be proud of it. And um fly your flag and yeah like i mean well, yeah it's like just be comfortable being you love that well that brings us to the end of our episode today what a fabulous time thank you both so much for joining us where can listeners find you both and as well your podcast online well the podcast is on all good streaming platforms plus youtube we are also on instagram on the handle the bondage gaze we do have a twitter but i don't think i've used it since season one so and to be clear that is the bondage gaze written as uh g-a-z-e correct yes thank you for clarifying that i don't have a twitter um so i um but i'm on both recon and um instagram as thoughtful fetishist um i think the instagram one has an underscore between thoughtful and fetishist and sammy where can people find you at the time of recording i am on instagram at substandard sammy 2 my account is on the verge of getting shut down so by the time you're listening to this it might be number three who knows it might be number bloody 25 but that's where you can find me i'm also on twitter as substandard sam I have a Tumblr. It's also it's substandard semi, but who uses Tumblr these days? Oh. If you do, look me up, but I won't be expecting anyone to reach out to me on there. Instagram is where I'm most active. Well, listen, 
That's a wrap for now here on Thick Radio. Please remember to like and subscribe, rate us five stars, and leave us a good review. We gave you the spiel earlier. Pay attention. Reviews, people. Love us. Say nice things, please. (laughs) If you liked this episode, the podcast, or just us in general, share it with your friends and encourage them to tune in. You can find me on Instagram and beefyfrat at Stanham. And you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and Beefy Frat at Thicky Mouse. You can also look us up on Instagram and TikTok at Thick Radio or at our website at www.podpage.com forward slash Thick Radio. If you want to submit a voice note, you can find the link in the show notes. And if you have any questions or ideas for episodes, you can reach us at thethickradio at gmail.com. So until next time, bye fats. Bye fats. Bye, bye fats. Let's talk about it. Dick Radio is a Patreon and Enter app podcast produced by Stan and Dickie Mouse. Next time, Master by Stan. Our artwork is provided by Lucky Two. Our theme song is provided by Body by Cream.